everybody? How are you? It's good to see you. It's a little chilly up here, though. It's too cold for me. San Diego has to be like the lowest is 55. That's tolerable for us. Anything above 80, we can't handle. So that's, that's the window. But we had seven days of rain in San Diego. That's called the apocalypse <laughs> where we live. But on my way up here, I got up here on Tuesday. I was thinking of a story. I hadn't thought about this in years. And it's actually really funny. And so I wanted to share it with you. I wanted to share my humiliation with you. So my wife and I were in Salt Lake City eight years. And way, this is way back in the beginning. We were doing these. We were part of a church plant. And they did these uh, renewal meetings on Friday nights. And so people were actually coming from all over the world. We were seeing Parkinson's healed, literally tumors dissolving in people's bodies. I mean, like huge tumors just immediately in front of your eyes dissolving. Cancer, stage four cancer, just crazy stuff. So we're always praying for people on Friday nights. So this one Friday night, I'm there, we're praying for people. And I go to pray for a woman. And she's, she is a full woman, okay? She is... There's a lot of her there. It's about 300 pounds. So I'm like Ethiopian here. So I'm thinking, I'm going to need some help in case she like falls out or something. Right? So I'm waving over a friend. He's a big old black guy, big George. He's a good friend. I'm like, hey, this will be good. He can help. So I'll just wait for him to come. So I'm standing behind her. I just lightly put my hand on the small of her back. She goes out. I'm behind her. And she goes out. We go into slow-mo at this point. My life is flashing before me. Not married yet, Mike. I would have liked to have been married. So she falls on top of me, and I would think she would probably be aware there's a body underneath her. Nope. Just totally out. I can't breathe. I wish I was making this up, but this, is, this happened. So her head is here, I'm right here, and I cannot breathe. So my last dying breath is, can you please move? Or I will die. So she comes to, oh, I'm sorry. So I'm thinking just a quick movement. I can get out. Nope, she starts to shimmy to get the momentum required. So I am feeling every bone on the brink of fracture. She rolls off. I get up, I'm living. I should have stopped praying for people at that point, but I'm like, I'm going to keep praying. So I go to pray for another woman. She has probably the curliest hair I've ever seen in my life. It was just, I was like, wow. So I'm praying for her, and I'm like, I'm just looking at the curls. I'm like, these are really tight curls. So someone's behind her, I'm in front, we're good. Maybe. She falls forward. <laughs> into me, her curly hair wraps around the top button. And I mean wraps around. 
She goes back. And here I go. So she goes on the ground, and my head is in the mammary region, okay? So I'm frantically trying to get curly cues off of my button. She comes to, what are you doing? Uh, didn't know if there was issues in this area. Praying into that, I don't know. I just, I don't know if you can see this, but. So she's helping me, we're helping, and it's like a solid minute. It's just like, can this get any more awkward? So we finally, I get free from that, and that's when I called it a night. It's like, I'm done. So the moral of that story is just to know when to stop praying for people. I just call it a night. <laughs> good times, good times. Hey, I had a word for you, Eric and I. Yeah. So heaven, oh, are you waiting for a recording? All right. Oh, he likes this word. He is like, yeah. Just take your time. I saw heaven's been watching you, paying attention to you. And I saw God in the past up to this point, like flicking doors open. And then you're coming to a point, there's a really large door. And it's like God was smiling and he was just like <laughs> kicking the door open. And it's like heaven's been watching you, how you've been doing, what you've been doing. And not just like the business, yes, but it's like how you've treated your employees, like like things you've done, like, I don't even know what it is, but it's just like the way you've treated people when no one has been watching. Like heaven is attracted to like honor and care and compassion. And it's just like God is about to just, it's going to get ridiculous, okay? And I kept seeing Apple, like the Apple symbol of Apple computers. And there's just something on your life, like Steve Jobs. There, there's just something very unique on your life. I know this is not an ambition of yours. You're going to be really known. Like I, I see you in magazine covers, just like there's the favor of God has always been on your life, but there's a whole nother level coming to you because he can trust what you're going to do with what he's going to bring to you. He can trust you and he knows that. And that's why heaven's been just like, oh, we like this. So I'm excited to see what that's going to be. It's going to be cool. I want to tell one quick story. This is fun. Uh, testimony. I have a friend who has a, a friend who travels. He's from Nigeria, does these big crusades all over. And he's in Mexico City doing this crusade, and there's a few thousand people, and tons of people are getting healed. And he's an athletic buff dude. And he's just popping on the stage, and in a peripheral, he kind of sees an object floating through the air pretty close to him. So just his reaction is to grab it. And when he grabs it, it's a baby who's crying, who's throwing babies in the middle of the air. So he catches out in the crowd and he finds out who the father is. He's like, hey, this is like not okay to throw children up into the air. And he says, well, my baby died two days ago. I couldn't get to the stage, so in my desperation, I threw it up in the air. So the moment he grabbed the baby, it came back to life. Beep, 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 beep. Hello, kingdom. 
All things are possible, right? Yeah. So for those who believe all things are possible, and it's just a key word in there. All things are possible. Like if people are like, you know, kingdom's kind of boring. I don't know what world you're living in. It is far from boring. God is in the business of doing lots of stuff, including raising people from the dead. No infant should die. No child should die. They have a destiny and a purpose to bring something into the earth and produce in time what was foreordained before time began. So, yes. We're going to pray real quick. Want to stand up? Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just close your eyes real quick or keep them open if you'd like to be in control. Whatever works for you. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Just declare this over yourself. I'm open. My heart is open. My mind is open. Whatever you want to do, Holy Spirit, I'm open to it. So push away any distraction, any white noise, and help me to dial in to your heart tonight. In Jesus' name. All right. Can I have a seat? Let's do this. Nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. All right. Good night. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're given the mind of Christ, right? If you're a believer, you're given the mind of Christ. Is his mind whole? Any division in there? Any separation? Is it split at all? Is his mind confused at all? So you have a whole mind? So your mind's not broken. So then brokenness is an illusion? You just said you had a whole mind. So is brokenness an illusion? Now there can be broken thoughts, broken actions, and broken consequences that are very real. But it's coming from a world that is not real. What is fear? What is it? Yes. What's the opposite of fear? Love. Perfect love casts out. Okay. Do you have a lack of love? So then fear is an illusion? Because it's a lack of love, but you don't lack love? So then fear is an illusion? So it doesn't exist? except if you think it does. You ever heard of Schroeder's cat? <laughs> this is a quantum physics experiment. It's not a theory. It is true, and it's been around for a while. To simplify, it's a little complex, but to simplify, it's basically the cat doesn't exist until you observe the cat. The cat is not there until you look, and then the cat is there. 
Perception creates reality. So your perception is going to frame a framework, a paradigm, a worldview. Now that may not be based in reality. It may just be an illusion. The thing about perception is it becomes projection. So if your frame of reference for yourself is the past, which does not exist, you will actually feel guilty. You'll judge yourself because judgment is rooted in the past. And you'll project that onto other people and you will judge them. So if you look through eyes of honor, I'll see you correctly and you'll see me correctly. If you're perceiving brokenness in your own life, you'll look for it in others. <laughs> Hello. When you realize you're whole in Christ, you'll find the wholeness in other people. You have the mind of Christ. You can know the thoughts of God. And Isaiah talks about who can know the thoughts of God. Who can know his thoughts? I've heard people get up and no one can know his thoughts. Really, 1 Corinthians 2? <laughs> 1 Corinthians 2 is crystal clear. Talks about in verse 10 down to the end that the Holy Spirit searches the mysteries of God. He knows the thoughts of God. And he's in you and you're in him. Yeah? So you don't know when you end and he begins because you're just one. And you have the mind of Christ. You can know the thoughts of God. So the Holy Spirit, who's a guide, what is he guiding you into? Truth. What is the truth? It's called reality. Nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. Anything outside the mind of God is not real. I feel shame. Oh, well, that's outside the mind of Christ. That doesn't exist. I feel really guilty. That's interesting. That's a weird world because it doesn't exist. <laughs> that's not in the mind of God. So the Holy Spirit, our God, is trying to get our thoughts parallel with God's where eventually there's a meeting place and it's like a twist tie and it becomes a mindset, a pattern of thinking, and a stronghold. So when the smoke and mirrors comes up again, you're like, that's actually just smoke and mirrors. So you step into one like, oh, I look fat. Now my head is really big. It's not real. La, la, la. Have you been given the life of Christ? John 10, 10, the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come to give you life. And life abundantly. It's not just life. It's an abundance of life. So we give salvation calls like this. Just come forward and give your life to Jesus. Just give your life to him. Really? I didn't have one. Here's my life, Jesus. Here it is. He's like, yeah, let's kill that. Bury it. Raise it from the dead and give you a new one. How about you take my life, he says, because then you can have life abundantly. So is your life whole? 
So are you broken? I was recently at an event. I hear this all the time. Guy gets up like, we're just broken people before God. And I'm going, I was with a student of ours, and I said, that's not true. Don't listen to that. <laughs> Silence is agreement. So when someone's talking crazy stuff, I'm like, that's not true. Don't accept it. <laughs> but that's kind of rude. Well, suit yourself. If you want to embrace it in your silence, I'm going to declare it's not true. I do that with the TV as well when it tells me things that are not true. My kids are like, what are you yelling at the TV? It's telling us lies. <laughs> you might have shingles in your body. If you've had chicken pox before, shingles might be in your body. No, it's not. It's not in my body. <laughs> have you seen that commercial? It's like flame. So the Holy Spirit's helping us to forget in order to remember. To forget those things that are unreal and to remember what was always there. See, your mind is to be renewed so you can keep pace with the wholeness that's been there. Our brain thinks in intervals like beginning to end. So when you read something like God is the first and the last, he's the beginning and the end, he's the alpha and omega, we think of that in the sense of time concepts. It has nothing to do with time. It has everything to do with he's the fullness of all things. He encompasses all of creation. He encompasses all of time. He's just eternally now. And so are you. You're just eternally now. Like delay in the light of eternity is meaningless. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you're eternal, right? Because the life he gave you is eternal life. Eternity's been written on your heart. So the fabric of your entire existence, eternity is there. Your body is just a communication device. If your identification is in your body, you will fear death. The body will waste away. It's a means for your spirit man to interact with the physical world. That's why you have a body. You're not a body that has a soul and a spirit. You're a spirit that has a soul and a body. Your spirit encompasses a very large space, so large you're in heaven and here at the same time. Seated with Christ in the heavenly realms, Ephesians 2.6, you're also here. It's how you're able to be multidimensional. In fact, even your body is doing that. Biologically, that's been proven. Your brain is constructing the materials through which you'll perceive what to be reality may not be true again or not. But it's doing this out of a frequency realm that's outside space-time. So space-time just came into the mix when the fall happened in the garden. Then all of physical creation was placed into space-time. So there was an expiration date. But Jesus broke the power of death, which is like a time lock within the timeline. So you have no expiration date. 
So you've already died in Christ, so you can't die. So it's irrational to fear death. But if your identification is in your body, you'll fear death. When you realize you're a spirit man first, that's who you are in first person, you'll know you're eternal. Yay. <laughs> like God is not changing, right? Does God change? Does heaven change? Time is inconceivable without change. I was coaching this guy uh, last week. He's a business guy doing some stuff. He's like, I'm thinking of creating some content. So I was walking him through some stuff. And he goes, I'm going to talk about time management. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> You know, it's just like, <laughs> I said, how about time dominion? Wow. Like, I'm not interested in managing time. I'm interested in having dominion over time. It's created, which means you have dominion over time. Time works for you so that the purposes of God can be produced in time, what was foreordained before it. Second Timothy 1.9, you're given grace and purpose before time began. So when you arrived here, because you're not from here, you already had everything you needed. Purpose is what's your destiny, what are you accomplish in the earth. Grace is the divine enablement to accomplish it. You had everything you needed. And that's the thing about the mind of Christ and the life of Christ. You have everything you need. I'm just waiting for God to move in my life. Mm, okay. That's interesting. Isn't it in him you move? Again, we think in intervals, so we think God is moving in our life. It's us moving in him. It's like, wow, God brought me joy. Mm, okay, well, joy's in the Holy Spirit. You're in him. He didn't bring it. It was already there. He just made you, he waked you up to what was already there. What's always been there. Peace. He brought peace to me today. Well, that's debatable. Because <laughs> peace is in the Holy Spirit. You're in him. You became awake to the peace that was always there. John 1.16, of his fullness you've received. That's past tense. Grace upon grace. There's nothing more you need from God. You now need to partner with the Holy Spirit, your guide of reality, to teach you what has always been there. He's a really good teacher. I work with the university students. They're like, man, I'm having a hard time in his class. Have you talked to the Holy Spirit? Oh, wow, I didn't think of that. Well, he is a genius. <laughs> he knows every subject matter that can be known fully. He's not going, what volume of the book are you on? I haven't read that <laughs> updated version yet. Can you hold on? Holy Spirit's basically Google Home. <laughs> Holy Spirit, what is this?
And I want to break off any leaders in your life that were controlling and manipulating that actually didn't allow you to trust the Holy Spirit for yourself. They wanted to be him. No person replaces the Holy Spirit. You can trust the Holy Spirit. He's good at his job. Now, how do we do this on a practical level? So from a very young age, most, probably all of our parents in this room represented, your teachers, even in the church, have taught you that you look externally for the answers and solutions that you need and you bring them in. That's not how the kingdom works. You go in because the kingdom's in you. Talks about this in Luke. The kingdom is in you. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are in you. The Father and the Son are in perfect communication, unseparated, undivided communication. It's like open source communication. It's open and freely accessible. And what the Holy Spirit does is he translates. He's the translator. He's the faith decoder. It's like, hey, this is what's going on. So what happens, like we're worshiping tonight, engaging with the presence of God is you go in. And you're looking for a guide when you go in. You can choose a lot of different guides. There's only one who's going to bring you into reality, though, the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, show me what is reality. Take me where I need to go. Teach me what's actually going on. Teach me everything you've, you've placed inside of me. Help me to understand what you've placed inside of me so that it can be extended from my life so that things can begin to change around me. We're called to extend the domain of God, right? It's not just for us. It's supposed to come out to you. So as the Holy Spirit's teaching us, as we engage inward, he's guiding us into reality because John talks about, says Jesus says this, I'm going to the Father's house where there are many rooms. You're the Father's house, so inside of you are many rooms. That's why you're a multidimensional creation. There's many rooms inside of you, and Jesus is coming in, and he's preparing all these rooms. So as you explore all these rooms with the Holy Spirit, you're realizing everything that was already there, and you can release it so that the kingdom can advance through your life. Is this making sense? Like, you have to understand, you got a lot of stuff. And it's not stuff, it's him. Like you have him, the fullness of him. Like, I don't know about you, but my mind starts to blow up when I just start to think about this. It's not like God's like, well, I'm going to give you myself in installments. <laughs> so for the first six months, I'm going to give you 10% of myself. We'll see how you do with that. And we might bump it up to 12%. <laughs> He's just like, hey, I'm going to give you all of me. Even if I'm a horrible steward, he's not like, okay, I'm done. We're out. Peace. It's been good. Good luck. When a tumbleweed goes by. <laughs> he's patient, right? He's, he's incredibly kind. He's amazingly patient. So he'll work with us. 
when we yield to the Holy Spirit, it's like, all right, this is cool. You can choose to focus on things that are not real. I'm here when you're ready to walk into reality. Nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. So the Holy Spirit's bringing us greater into greater places of light. Light is purpose. Let there be light. That's basically God saying, let there be me. He is light. That's not sun, moon, and stars. That was just uncreated light. Purpose. Out of that came everything. Let there be light. All physical creation, creation comes about. Then you were taken out of the kingdom of darkness. Oh, I'm sorry. It's not a kingdom. There's only one king. It's just a domain. It took a power encounter to get you out of the domain of darkness, birthed into the kingdom of light as a child of light. You're now to extend the kingdom of light. It's hard to do that if we're not walking in the light. So the Holy Spirit can help us walk into greater places of light. So when your mind is renewed, it's transfiguration, Romans chapter 12. We've, I've talked about this before when we've been here, but just a, ni a nice, fresh reminder. Romans 12, the word transformation is transfiguration. It's a Greek word, metamorpho. Same word used of Jesus on the mountain, transfiguration. When his body's filled with light, white light, all the colors of the rainbow. The first mantle men mentioned in the Bible is Joseph's coat, Joseph's technicolor coat. I would like to take Joseph to that musical. Wouldn't that be kind of hilarious? So what do you think of all this? You like these songs? Is this a good portrayal of what was going on? <laughs> it's like, well. He was given a coat of seven colors, seven colors in the rainbow. Take those seven colors, they come from white light. Seven spirits of God, there's a rainbow, the throne of God. So then Jesus in the Mount of Transfiguration Light is emanating from him. Now with Joseph, he became head of the household, ruler over the brothers, right? Jesus becomes head of the household and ruler over the brothers. He's their older brother. See the connection? Seven colors, all white light. He's emanating white light. Now when our mind is renewed, we can also see light released from our life. That's how you become the light of the world. It's the transfiguration of your flesh. DNA, which stores light. Your DNA stores light. Beep, boop, beep, boop. When the egg and sperm come together, there's a flash of light. This has been proven. There's a flash of light. Purpose. Beep, bop, boop, Isn't God fun? He knows what's up. He's super creative. You guys all right? Well, you better be. <laughs> Couple last things, we'll wrap it up. Is that cool? Yeah? So our mind can be divided though, right? We can be double-minded. James 1, 6 to 8 says this, but he must ask in faith without doubting because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not, be, should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. 
Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. Don't like what I'm talking about, huh? Yep, just walk away. I see how it is. Whatever. <laughs> I love doing That's one of my favorite things to do when somebody walks out. And it's really great when you don't know the person. They're just like mortified. <laughs> so our mind can be double-minded. So we can choose to agree with illusions and look at those crazy mirrors. And then as a result, we can't receive anything, which means we are not awakened to what is there. And then we're unstable in every way. So everything feels unstable, confusing, because we're not functioning in the wholeness of his mind. Where it's just stable. Like God's stable. Is he like, I'm not sure what we're going to do here. It's just stable and he's certain. He's not moving because he's stable. You're moving in him. He's just, everything's fully accomplished for him. Because it all happens in the spirit first. That's why Jesus, the lamb, was slain before creation. It was already accomplished before in the spirit. It's hard for our mind to wrap around that. Because we think in intervals, in the time box, space-time. But the lamb was slain before creation. It had to unfurl and manifest into the physical world, but it was fully accomplished in the spirit. That's where everything begins, in the spirit. So that's why if you're identifying with your body and you're moving in that way, let me know how that works out for you. Because when you start functioning in first person as spirit man, you start to see things happen. Because you're actually living the way you're supposed to live. And then all the miracle signs and wonders are just normal. It's just normal stuff. It's just normal. Like miracle signs and wonders are like ankle deep. It's like just the beginning. There is a whole lot more. I love miracles, signs, and wonders. I was at UC Davis Tuesday night. About 250 students crammed in this room. At the end of the night, I was getting some words of knowledge, which if you're not aware of what that is, 1 Corinthians 12, there's nine gifts. A word of knowledge is basically a fact, usually based in the past. You know, it's like, hey, you're, I see that you're a teacher. And it's like, I don't know them. It's like, yeah, I've been teaching for 10 years. That's a word of knowledge. So I get this word of knowledge. I say, hey, someone has pain in their jaw right here. This girl's like, that, that's me. And I said, has anyone never seen a miracle? This guy immediately is like this. And so he's not a believer. So I'm like, this will be fun. He's like, I'm not a believer. I'm like, that's cool. So he comes down. And I'm just like, hey, I'll just tell you what to pray. And you just, you just repeat it. So I'm like, I speak to this jaw. I command, you know, blah, blah, blah. We're going through this. So at the end of the night, he comes over and he's like, hey, man, I don't even believe in this stuff. And I was like, totally irrelevant to me. I don't really care. I do. And so the next morning, she was healed because she would always feel it in the morning. She's like, I'll know in the morning. And so it always hurts in the morning. She says, I woke up. She posted on Facebook. She's like, I'm totally healed. And so she's talked to this guy and he's, he's still trying to figure that out. 
He's, he's thinking it through. So, trying to process that. <laughs> so this is normal life in the kingdom. Like, it's not like, oh, that person's special. It's like they have really close access to God. We all have the same access. Same Holy Spirit, same oneness, same unity, same fullness of God that he's given us. It's just learning how to function the way we have been created to function. So as your mind continues to be renewed, you'll keep pace with that wholeness, and you can begin to release all that he's given what you see, you expect, and what you expect, you invite. Okay? So whatever you're paying attention to, you're, that's where your expectation is. So if you're always paying attention to things that are negative and gloomy, your expectation is going to be like really low. What are you expecting? Well, I don't know. I'm just an Eeyore. There's no Eeyores in heaven, okay? There's none. I'm off in the corner like, yeah, I'm not sure if that can happen. I don't know. I don't believe in that stuff. (laughs) I just want to really encourage you to be who you are in Christ. Know what you are. Be humble before him, but be great in him. Now, religiously minded people will interpret that as arrogance. They would say to Jesus, who do you think you are? Son of God. So, yep. Who are you? I am. I am. That was so offensive because he's saying, I'm God, so how do you like that? It wasn't like Jesus was like, well, you know, I just kind of came here to earth and just a wallflower over here. and I'm not trying to rock anybody's boat. And I'll just be over here, I'm just quiet. No. He knew who he was, and he had no problem sharing that. So I want to encourage you, don't function in littleness, but function in magnitude. The magnitude of who he is in you. He is pure magnitude. Let that flow through your life. When you walk into the room, you carry an atmosphere, and it's how people know who you are. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) you carry an atmosphere. Your mind is either going to be possessed by illusions or Holy Spirit. So the atmosphere you're bringing is either going to be reality or not. I like to bring reality. So when you walk into a space, the atmosphere of heaven comes in where there's no limitations. We live in a world that's pixelated. It's a little grainy. It's a world of limitations, and it's a world of scarcity. We bring a whole different world where there's no lack, and there are no limitations. All things are possible. 
to those who believe or doubt and go without. I mean, I think I read that in the book of Thomas. Oh, that's right. There's not a book of Thomas. <laughs> I mean, there's so much written about Thomas. You know, like three verses. A little more written about Peter, though. You know, the guy who jumped out of the boat. He's like, I'll do it. What are we doing? I guess I'm walking on water. I don't know. There's a way of going down. <laughs> like the guy just like, I'm going to risk, okay? Don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. I've told this story here before. It literally just popped back in my head. So I'm going to share it again. If it's new to you, if it's not, just be like, oh, this is new to me. And this is, I'm going to close with this. We could dive into more, but this is enough. Yeah? So it was 1990 or maybe 18, no, 1995 or 94, somewhere in there. I was just going into my senior year seminary, and I was in a class, a preaching class. How are you guys doing? <laughs> what are you up to? You taking down the drums? No. No? Oh, nice. <laughs> what key we doing? <laughs> huh? We'll do like a minor key, and I'll, I'll do a low center of gravity while you do that. Every Satan in every human video I've seen is like this. Low center of gravity. This is how he is. You ever seen human videos? Hopefully you haven't. They're all the same. Demons and Satan are always like this. There's a floozy with a brown bag. There's someone shooting up with drugs. And there's domestic abuse. Those are like the three things in every human video. Some of you are looking like, what are you talking about? I'm glad you don't know. There we go. Yeah. I like that. Could you just come with me wherever I go, like outside? Just have a word for you. The music comes up higher. <laughs> so it's 1994, 95. I'm in this class, preaching class, how to preach a sermon. You have to have three points and illustrations. And like structure like that for me is like death, okay? Like I just, I don't function that way. Some people do and that's great. Like you color in the lines and that's wonderful. I'm just like, what are lines? And so I, have, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I've never preached in my life at this point. I have no clue what's happening. And so they assigned us a place to go preach outside the school. And my assignment was Maranatha Village. Maranatha Village is a home for widowed missionaries. They're like 80s, 90s. And I'm thinking to myself, what message have they not heard? You know, when you're in your 90s, it's kind of like, you know, you can say stuff. But I've heard the stuff. So I'm like stressing myself out. Like I got to come up with something new. I'm like, I've never done this. Can you even do that? Come up with something new when you've never done this? So I get over there. And they've been in India, China, all across the earth. Many of them, you know, three, four, five decades. 
They've seen people raised from the dead and all this crazy stuff. Most of them are females because they live longer. All the men are just dead. So I get in there. I'm like freaking out, okay? Like I'm sweating. And there's a person up there playing on an organ, just like these old school songs. And the last song is Amazing Grace. Maybe you've heard that one before. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. And then there's this massive pulpit, this huge wood pulpit. And I'm looking at it. The pulpit's freaking me out. I'm like, that's really big, ominous. It's like, what am I going to do? They said, Brian, come on up. And I'm just like, all right. And I said, God, I don't know what I'm doing. So I get up there, and I'm literally shaking. And I put my hands in there, and I'm like trying not to make eye contact with anyone. Just look at the pulpit, look down, seem like I'm looking. They can't see me anyway, so it's not really that big a deal. So I'm just looking around like this. <laughs> Most of them are in wheelchairs. And, and so I just like said, this is all I said, amazing grace, how sweet the sound. That's profound, isn't it? And all of a sudden, I felt like a hand pushed me not in a bad way, and I went backwards, collapsed on the ground, and I just began to weep. So to me, it just felt like a couple of minutes. But later on, they're like, it was 20 minutes. <laughs> I'm just down there weeping. I don't know what they're doing out here. I get up, and almost all of them are on the ground. I think they're dead. <laughs> like, my first thought is, they have died. Because <laughs> the way they're laying down, it's, it's like as if they fell out of the chairs. And I'm like, so I'm making eye contact with nurses. It's okay. I'm like, okay. And then I'm like, well, what if they're not believers and Jesus came and I'm still here? And <laughs> so I bumble along. I don't know what, I have no idea. I don't remember what I said. And I get done, and this woman is wheeling over, 92, I think she's 92 years old. She'd been in India for like four decades. And she was in tears, and uh, I'll never forget this. It's like, it was a huge moment in my life. And she wheels over to me, and she's like, son, come down here. So I, I come down, and she says, I haven't felt the glory of God like this in years. And she said, son, don't ever stop depending on him. And so I've tried to live my life where I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. So I just rely on him. This is what Jesus modeled for us. Look, I don't do anything unless the Father's saying it. I don't do anything unless he's doing it. So I just, I rely on him. Apart from him, I can't do anything. The good news is we're not apart from him. So we just lean on the oneness. Thank you, God. I'm one with you. Where I go, you go. Your voice becomes the voice of God on the earth. Your actions become the actions of God on the earth. When you're partnering with him, co-laboring with him. And I want to encourage you to not disassociate yourself from the vision of Jesus. Matthew 28, go, make disciples, baptize, teach. That's a mandate. You don't have to ask if it's God's will to do his will. Should I go? Because when you disassociate from the vision of Jesus, you actually disassociate from his heart. 
and then you live detached from people. Detachment is just a weaker form of disassociation, and disassociation is delusion. So he's laboring on his end. So we get to co-labor on the other. <laughs> and say, hey, let's do this whole God's domain thing and let it extend from my life. And when you start to come more into his heart, compassion just begins to increase. You just love people. Like, you want to help people. I just, everything God gives me, I want to hold it loosely. And if I need to give something away, I just give it away. The cost of giving is receiving. So there's no cost. <laughs> I don't know if I can give. Well, can you receive? Yeah, then give. That's the only cost. So I'm not sure where you're at in life. I'm not sure where you're at in your journey with God. You can trust him. If you don't know what you're doing, you're in good company. I don't think any of us know what's going on. We just trust our Father. We depend on Him. He's the source of all things. So I'd like you to stand. I want to do a couple things. All right. Thank you, Lord. How are you doing tonight? Yeah? Can I share some things? Can I share some things that God's speaking to me about you? Yeah, it's good. It's always good. Remind me of your name, Sim Suntha. I like that. Suntha. You're a good dude. You have a really big heart. You're a very compassionate person. You genuinely care about people. And the enemy's tried to shut that down your whole life. Because a big heart changes the world, my friend. So I want to speak to you the fact that God loves the fact that you have a big heart. He loves that you care about people. It's like you're drawn by compassion to people. You like to help people. You're not selfish. It's not who you are. I don't care about the past. It doesn't exist. So I'm, I'm not looking at you from the framework of the past. I'm looking at you from the framework of eternally now. And I'm calling out who you really are. You're not selfish. You are compassionate and you have a large heart. You're going to change the lives of people, my friend. I see a legacy of people. A legacy of people. They're going to have your fingerprints on them. Isn't that good news? What's your son's name again? Yeah, he's a powerful one. Oh, yeah. He's really powerful. In fact, would, would you be okay coming up? Yeah? Let's put a little hand on you. Is that all right, dude? You're like, yeah, I like that. <laughs> uh, I just pray over you. I just bless you. You're a warrior. You're really strong. You're going to do powerful things. You're going to have a voice. You're going to have a voice. People are going to listen to you because there's an intelligence on your life. There's an intelligence. 
precious son in your life? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I'm not joking. He knows what I'm talking about. Because he's a spirit first. His spirit knows what I'm talking about. It remembers. You can remember the future. (laughs) You can remember the future. That's what the Holy Spirit's helping us. What was always there. What was planted before time. It's always been there. How many need a miracle in your life? How many need a miracle in your family? Restoration? Yeah. I think I got this last time I was here, if I remember. Family restoration? Yeah. I just want you to declare some things out loud. Your words are powerful when you speak things out. Things that do happen and things shift. You have to understand that. Don't be quiet. Speak up and speak out. So I want you to declare this. My family will be restored. Because my father is a father of restoration. He restores stuff. And he's really good at it. So I declare from the truth of my father, my family will be restored. I decree it in Jesus' name. So Job twenty two twenty eight says, decide and decree a thing and it shall be established. Decide. You decide. I'm going to decree this. I make a decision and I decree it and it shall be established. So do it, Lord, what has been decreed. Angels be dispatched to perform this word over your families. Angels be released. Angels perform the words of God. Job 22, 28, over your families. Angels be released, dispatched from heaven, and perform this word over these families. Oh, I like angels. You should like them too. There's a hundred million just around the throne of God. 10,000 times 10,000. There's angels all in this room. There's angels with you all the time. It's silly to ignore them. You can partner with them and you can get a lot of things done because they're kind of bored. (laughs) They're leaning in because they understand who you are. You're made higher than the angels. You're actually going to end up judging them. Book of Ephesians teaches us this. We also teach wisdom in the heavenly realms. Ephesians teaches us this. So they're like really enthralled with who you are because you're the apex of God's intelligence. There's nothing higher than you in creation. You are new creation. So I just want to declare some things over you. How many need healing in your body? Need physical healing in your body? Lift a hand. You're next to them. Put your hand on a shoulder. So I just invite more angels into the room. Angels of healing come. Come, come, come. Come on in. All across this room, come on in. Start touching people. 
Your stripes were enough, Jesus, so we stand on the truth, the promise, and the completion of your finished work. Every stripe, every sickness, every disease, every single sickness, every single disease, every stripe. So we're not working for this tonight. The work is done. So be made manifest in the physical right now. Healing manifest in the physical. Bodies be made whole. Pain get out of bodies. Bones, cartilage, tendons, tissue, everything in that body respond to the truth right now. The kingdom of God where there's no pain or sickness. Bodies be made whole. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Just receive for a moment. He's, there's like a sweet, sweet presence in here. <laughs> yeah, you know what's up. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. What's your name right here, the scarf? Jessica, how you doing tonight? Good, yeah? You, uh, you like the nations? Yeah. Yep. They're gonna like you. It's written inside your scroll. There's a scroll that bears your testimony, what you're to accomplish in the earth. That's what we're given before time began. It's written before time. It's all inside of you, the nations, the heartbeat. It's like you have a heart for the nations. Doors are going to start opening up. Doors are going to start opening up. Doors are opening up for you. Things are going to happen. There's an acceleration. God's entrusting you, nations. He's going to open up some doors. You mind coming for? Is that right? Yeah. I pray for you. Is that cool? Jessica, you're awesome. Thank you, Lord. You guys know Jessica? She's pretty cool, huh? Yeah? Oh, thanks. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, extend a hand to Jessica. Thank you, Father, for your precious daughter. Thank you for this powerful one. Thank you for this powerful one. You are not weak. You are not weak. Let the weak say, I am strong. So just say that over yourself. I am strong. Yeah. So I just pray a dose of awakening with joy. Joy is our strength. So I just declare our Holy Spirit, guide of reality, bring an awakening to joy in this precious daughter right now. Joy for the nations. The inheritance of Jesus, the reward of Jesus, the nations. Your vision, go to the nations, disciple the nations. This is on you. This is on you. You're made for this. 
And I declare right now the favor of God would increase. Favor with people would increase. The right people at the right place opening the right doors. People are going to start opening doors. going to be divine connections coming your way. Divine connections. You're going to look back and go, this is crazy what's going on. So I thank you, Father, for the adventures that are coming. Thank you for the resources that are coming. Orphanage that, orphanages that will be built. It's like a network of orphanages. That's what I'm seeing. Bless it, Lord. Bless the orphans. Build the buildings. Bring the resources. Bring the connections. Bring the right people. So I bless you on your journey. It's going to be a good old time. In Jesus' name. Bless you. I bless this ministry. I just, I declare that you would see increase in every way. Your wildest dreams coming true. Dream bigger. Whoa, your shirt says dream big. I just noticed that. <laughs> dream big. How you doing? You going to sing or something? You going to sing or something? I know, I'm just seeing what you're doing. I didn't even notice you were up there. You're just blending in. You were at Davis on Tuesday, right? Yeah, were you there? Yeah, I go to DCF. Did you have fun? You're like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's good to see you again. You got dreads back there? Huh? Dreads? Yeah. That's cool. Thank you. Yeah. I wish I could do that. My hair's too fine, though. <laughs> so I bless you guys. I bless you in your pursuit of understanding all that God's given you. You'd grow and mature up into the head, Jesus. You'd know everything he's given you. More and more and more every single day. Dreams and visions over your life. A favor with people. As you associate yourself with the heart of God, people would be drawn to you. I declare salvation with ease, miracle signs and wonders with ease. You would flow from oneness, the ease of oneness. No striving, no performance, just flowing from oneness. I declare the truth of you that you're good enough. You really are. You're good enough. It's all performance, perfectionism, <laughs> illusions. Don't need it. You're good enough in Christ. So I bless you. You guys are awesome. Be free to be who he's called you to be. In Jesus' name.